Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. And now, If you don't like that with Grant Napier starting off and getting you ready for a big football weekend, round two of the NFL playoffs, and we're going to have a lot of conversation on that on today's podcast. But first, I want to tell you that we are brought to you by New Works Plumbing of Sacramento, locally owned for over 20 years. New Works has a fix for you. They will take care of all of your problems with your plumbing issues. And here's something else that you're going to love. Maybe you have a problem at 3 in the morning, 4 in the morning. No problem. New Works is available 24-7. Just go to newworksplumbing.com. That's N-E-W-W-R-X plumbing.com. And remember, New Works has a fix for you. Once again, that's newworksplumbing.com. Well, the NFL taking center stage in the sports world. The ratings last weekend were through the freaking roof. And then, of course, beginning tomorrow, you've got two more games. And after this weekend, we will have the four teams vying for the right to go to the Super Bowl. Sean Salisbury, former quarterback at USC, former NFL quarterback, star at ESPN. Join me on No Filter Network, and we spent an hour talking NFL playoffs. Grant Napier, Sean Salisbury, No Filter Network. How are you, buddy? I'm good, man. How are you? Just on playoff. I love it. It's cold as yep. well. You're in Florida right now, right? It's, it's yeah, yes, actually, sir. I'm going to complain. It's Houston, and we got a little, like, mini flurries here. It's, like, in the 30s. Crazy. No it's shit. Good, man. Life's good. Yeah. Yeah. Only 78 here. Cooled off a little bit. Am I allowed to do that <laughs> on the air? <laughs> <laughs> Hey, uh, let's go back to last weekend. I I think one of the most overused words in sports is pressure. So I I don't like that. I mean, all these guys are playing with the same pressure. But I've been talking about this for the last couple of months. I'm not sold on Dak Prescott. I've been very consistent about this. I thought his play in the second half of the season was very subpar. I thought his reads were not good. I thought his pocket presence was not very good. I thought his comment about the officials after the game was despicable. It was awful. The fact that he waited 48 hours to apologize, I'm sorry, I'm not buying it. Uh, And when I say I'm not buying it, that apology should have been forthcoming on Sunday night or at the latest Monday. I don't understand why it waited to Tuesday, but now we're talking about two separate issues. So I want to talk about Dak Prescott 
and the Cowboys on the field. Not taking anything away from San Francisco. Their game plan was exactly what you and I thought. They were going to run the football. They were going to put pressure on the quarterback. And they, in all likelihood, were not going to beat themselves. But So let's talk about Dallas first and Prescott. His game, Sean, is still, to me, at a good level. I don't see it as very good, and I certainly do not see it as elite. How do you see it? I thought he took a step back this year. And, you know, Grant, I'm on the other side. I've, I've been a big Prescott supporter. And back real quick about the, what he said, uh, he overloaded his mouth with disaster. That was a mistake, and it's not funny. And and Dak got a hall pass because Dak's, I mean, until he apologized, I mean, the backlash, but Dak said, you know, very likable guy, a good leader, a very yep. good community. You know, he has, a, I, I, quite frankly, I was shocked it came out of his mouth because I'm always used to hearing him say he's always the upbeat, good guy, right? And, you know, it'll go away. It's fine. But that's not, he owed an apology, and you're right. He was late to the party with that one. But he was also late to the party on the field with some of his throws and decisions, too. And I, Grant, I, don't, I don't get it because I feel, and I know the injury thing, but he shows me flashes that the injury didn't bother him. He'll hang 40, you know, throw for 400 on you and put up numbers. But it hit perfect, like, like we said. I said if they throw 38 times or more, that's gonna, they're going to disregard the run, and it's going to be a problem. They threw 44 times. I said if it's 35 or more runs for the 49ers, they got the 38, they're going to be in rhythm with a, with, with a chance to win or win the game. And I, I just think Dak's doing some things uncharacteristic. The ball, when he misses, Grant, if you notice he's missing not only late but bad. You know, it's one thing. I, I'm a big believer in what I teach quarterbacks is, and I'm, like I said, this has come from a guy who's a huge Prescott believer and have been since he's come out of the league, I mean, out of college. is. But I'm not, you know, he ain't above criticism. I can sure as hell tell you that. Is, I, I don't know if mechanically he wasn't as firm in the pocket with his base. I don't think, you know, he scored the touchdown running. I would have likened the usually he and the, and the draw play obviously, but he uses his legs more efficiently in the past. He's gotten to the point, and when he threw it, like I said, he'll bounce the ball four feet in front of a guy three times in a game. Yeah, I don't know if he's yanking it. When I watch him play, I almost feel like he is hurt. You get my point, and and I, and I don't think he is, and I'm not making excuses for him. So he's 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 good. But when a lot of us start to say he's creeping into that top five, top six, top seven category, he's that guy, right? If, if we going into the playoffs from what you'd seen, you'd take Burrow ahead of him. You'd take, I mean, he, he would have been like out of the 14 teams, probably ninth or eighth or ninth or 10th in there. You're not yep. throwing him up with the, the elite of the elite. So no. I, I know he's a good player, but while we all, you know, oh, the Cowboys got to run it and Zeke Elliott, Dak bears some of this burden, man, for not being the guy who elevates to another level. You know Rodgers is. I've seen Burrow do it. The Dallas Cowboys did what the Dallas Cowboys have done since Aikman left. They don't know how to win these type of games. Dak's right. better than this. But you know what? As they, You are what your record says you are. Isn't that Bill Parcells? Well, yep. you are when you, when you throw 44 times or 40 and complete 24 of them and don't make the big plays necessary and you don't even, you don't even get to 20 points against the 49ers at home and you throw that many times and you're this high-powered offense, there is no excuse. You took an ass kicking in the 49ers front seven – worked him there I don't know if at times I feel is he looking at the pass rush I'm trying to figure it out and I know Aikman is too and there are times and Troy pointed it out with his quote and I think it was a podcast or something and he said it talking about Jalen Hurts during the Eagle game sometimes all this scheming if you got a 15 yard cushion with CD Lamb raise up put your foot in the ground throw the fucking ball to him Okay. Yep. And then I'm saying, I'm going to do that yep. with Gronkowski. I'm going to, he did it with Michael Irvin. Hell, when Chris Carter was playing, man, you're playing Chris Carter, man, coverage. You're dumb enough to do Take it online. Take what the defense gives you. Take what the yeah, defense well, gives you. 
your supposed schemes are all good and fine and dandy. The defense is going to dictate where I throw the football. I want to yep. scheme them so I say, you know, let's say I go into a game, Grant, and they're a team that plays a lot of uh, single high safety, cover three is what we call it, right? Three three deep, single high, we can attack the seams in the outside lanes. We call it pound the outside lanes outside the numbers. And then all of a sudden they come in a game and they give me a – so I got a bunch of three beaters, right? Those three beaters or man beaters on the perimeter. And all of a sudden they come in and start running a bunch of two-man, which is zone on the back end and five guys underneath running around playing man coverage. And you're like, well, I know the coverage, but they okey-doke us. That's not what we're used to seeing. The metrics and analytics and film study didn't tell us that. We schemed for this. Well, sometimes you got to adjust and say, well, we'll run the, we schemed to run the ball this way. Well, maybe they made an adjustment and they got an eighth guy down. So guess where your scheme goes? Got single coverage on the outside. Have the quarterback drop back and read the underneath coverage guy and throw off him. It's all, I mean, that, that, that sustains you forever. There's a couple rules in football. You'll never be wrong on your decision. If you throw away from rotation and your eyes go to coverage and you throw to the guy who's open. I know it sounds simple, but we make it too complicated at times. And teams that are big schemers, if the scheme – the other guy's scheming too now. What if they guess right? Now, I do have to have a quarterback says, listen, screw your scheme. It's third and six. They're playing off. I know you want me to go to my left. They rotate to the left against our scheme. And C.D. Lamb's got a, a, a 12-yard outcut to the field, and the guy can't get under Why the hell wouldn't I throw that? So I think at times we get ego and pride as play callers. And, oh, they out-schemed us. Screw you. My player outplayed him. Okay, yep. Scheme's fine and dandy until you get punched in the mouth by Lawrence Taylor until you're trying to cover Jerry Rice. That's my <laughs> scheme, right? You get single coverage on him, all bets are off. Go to that cat right there. So I'm trying to simplify it. But, yeah, I don't like the way Dak Prescott played down the stretch. At times it mixed in, but his inconsistency this year left doubt going into next year. He's got some fixing to do. You can't trust the guy. I mean, that's what it boils down to. I don't think you have trust in the guy. All right, San Francisco, their recipe for winning is pretty simple, all right? They're going to run the football. They're going to get yards on the ground when they need to, and they put pressure on the quarterback, and they've been doing that. And so now we look ahead to Saturday in Green Bay, and we got Garoppolo now, not only the thumb, but now he's got a shoulder issue. Going to be in the single digits. Talk to me, quarterback. Hard football with a thumb injury, how different will that be than playing in a controlled environment weather-wise? Do you see that as a factor? Yeah, and I don't know how severe his shoulder, and they're not going to tell us how severe it is, right? right? I don't know how severe it is. Hell, the cold weather may help the shoulder because it keeps it, numbs it up a little bit. It may not be bad, right? I mean, I, I know you. Like, what I'm talking about is like the it's like putting ice on it in between series, like when you're on basketball, you're laying on the court in between. But during a game, it's the heat you want. Before and after a game, you put the ice on it, right? right? So it could, the stiffness, and we're talking about the thumb and the shoulder. I, I'm being facetious because you're not sitting in an ice tank. You'll do that after the game. I don't know the shoulder. But the thumb, yeah, it can become a problem. Don't be surprised if you see him constantly playing catch on the sideline in between series. Just to make sure that it doesn't start to, you get to a point where it starts to stiffen up. Because I don't, they're never going to let us know till the season's over how severe this was for obvious reasons. He's, it's, it's, listen. It's it's been healthy enough for him to deliver the ball and make some throws, but you are so right. And there's one one add on to what you're saying. They do they got to hit Rodgers because their front seven's really good. Right. But Green Bay can also run the football. You can't play a lot of man unless you're going to get to Rodgers because if you do, those corners are going to get torched by Devonte Adams and Lazard. That's just the facts. 
Green Bay plays this. I mean, the 49ers play this team well. They know them familiar. Listen, LaFleur is not going to do a million things different. We know what they're going to do. Quick game, play action. Rodgers is going to take some shots, but get the ball out quick. The 49ers are going to try to limit their throws. They're going to hand it off 35 to 40 times. There's no – with a few wrinkles to Debo or a play action, a jet sweep, they're, they're going to do what they do. Front seven, run the football. And the final thing is, and you mentioned Garoppolo. So, yeah, I, I would imagine that Jimmy's thinking that and saying, listen, 40 degrees is cold. But that's football weather. I can do it. And 25 degrees or wind chill, it, it's different. So to make sure that you're not like – so you don't come off the field looking at your thumb after a bad pick or a bad throw and you're like, it's this. That's when you know the psychological part's kicking in, right, Grant? So hopefully it is because I want to see the best team. I want to see those two get it on and Jimmy be healthy and go. Yes, it can be an advantage. And if you're the Packers – I wouldn't let them beat me with the run. The old Bill Bell, if you're going to run it, you're going to earn every fucking yard, right? Yeah. You're not, yeah. you go ahead. If, if Jimmy's good enough and you're good enough to beat me with Ayuk on the perimeter and now George Kittle can't or Debo doing that, then have at it, brother. But if you can match Aaron Rodgers throw for throw, then I'll, then I'll take my punishment. But you don't get to walk out of here with 40 carries and 190 yards in my building and yeah. beat me. If they do, the Packers are losing this game. Unless Rodgers has the ball last, okay, that's it. But for me, it's Grant. It's not you know when people get on Jimmy real quick. It's not usually the four quarters of Jimmy playing poorly the whole game. But look at the trend. It's and it isn't. He's a good player. Here's the problem. It's the simple throw three or four times in a game that you're like, what are you doing? What, right. what, 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 the decision right. or the throw? It's like in the Super Bowl, you remember wide open, dude. Yeah, yeah, you yeah, yeah, hit yeah. that throw. Yeah, you, you saw and you, and then you see this one. Against Tyuk and the Debo, and then the interception, rolling right. Yep. The guy's right in front of your face, seven, eight yards away, and he flies it by six yep. yards, and the guy catches it in his red zone. You can't. Those are the things. See, Rodgers won't miss those throws. No. Guys like me may miss them once in a while. Good ones miss them once in a while. Average ones miss them yep. too much. The great ones, Brady ain't missing a third and three in the flat when the right. guy's open. He's just not. Now, if I told you on a bootleg a guy showed and Jimmy had him, and he can, he'll yank one into the ground, and you're like, Dude, we're up by 10 points. Don't give him another possession on third and five. So it's not the overall game. Jimmy's a smart player. It's the three or four fuck-ups that you miss that are easy, not the tough throw. And then what happens? The other team now, when you got an average quarterback, doesn't respond. You do that to Rodgers or you kick three field goals in the red zone, you're down 21 to nine. You know what I'm saying? He, he You kick yeah. field goals, he goes and scores touchdowns. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And if you throw him a pick at the 40, you might as well just chalk it up. He's going to come away with points. So you can't – you just can't miss the easy ones. And those are the concerns for me with Jimmy. I still like Green Bay. I do. I, because Rodgers, I, I just do. Yep. He's the one – everything can be going wrong or right, and he can bail you out. 49ers are good when it comes down to it. The one quarterback is just so much better than the other yep. one. I think this is the toughest matchup that Green Bay is going to face. I believe the winner of this game is going to the Super Bowl. I really believe that. I think the winner of this game in Green Bay. I look at two things for San Francisco. Nick Bosa, again, was on the field today. They're going to travel to Green Bay in about two hours. He absolutely positively has to be on the field for San Francisco to win this game. And, you know, they're hoping that he will clear concussion protocol uh, before Saturday. And then there's Fred Warner, who to me is just such a stud on that defense. I think he's the best linebacker in the league. I think he's the best right. linebacker in the league. I do. I, I don't dis. I don't disagree with that. He's got an ankle, and you know how, what it is with the ankles. And so, yeah, he's going to start. He's going to play. Keep an eye on him. They must have those two guys on the field if they're going in the Lambeau and win the game. Now, there's another aspect of this 
Green Bay has not been good at home in the Aaron Rodgers era in the playoffs. So it's not like, oh, it's Lambeau, we can't win there. No, a lot of teams have gone up there and won in January, including last year, Tampa Bay. Can you talk to me from a quarterback's perspective? I know Aaron Rodgers is ultra confident. I get all of that. And in championship games, though, he's one and four. We know about the home losses. I know he's not thinking about that going into the game. Is there a sidebar that the the uh, intangibles, all the bullshit that we try to come up with as you know members of the media, and in your case, a former player, do you buy into any of that? Because you know the reason why I say that we hear Green Bay in January and we're like, oh wow, the Packers have home field advantage. Oh shit, they're going to the Super Bowl. Well, no, no, they're they're not necessarily. They haven't. They've had a lot of home field games in January lately, and they lost. I mean, Brett Favre's last game ever for the Packers was twenty below zero. And they lost to the Giants. That was Favre's last game ever in Green Bay. We've seen Aaron Rodgers lose in that fashion. So talk to me about this. Yeah, you know, it's it's interesting, too, Grant. It's like Seattle recently, uh, the 12th, man. You can waltz into Seattle, and it, there, there is no – I mean, you can go beat Seattle in their building now without a problem, right? I mean, you can go in. But the long history of this – you know, Grant, I, I, I'm thinking about, okay, when we went – I liked going on the road at times because you were out of the distraction ticket business. Denny Green, you saw, I said, once Wednesday after practice hits and we're done, we get back here on Thursday, we're out of the ticket business. We ain't, you ain't getting, don't come asking for more tickets. You're done. We're shutting the ticket guy off. Don't come to me. We're not, we don't, when we go on the road, when, we're, when we get on that plane, don't, don't call your wife or girlfriend or somebody. We, you, the ticket business is over. And he used to get pissed at that. You didn't want any part of it. And he always used to say, when we go on the road, I don't care if the meal's cold. I don't care if the plane's late. Don't care if the bus is late. And we were pretty good at that, right? Now, the playoffs are a different uh, a different egg. I do think there's more pressure on a team at home, Grant. I do, because you're expected to. And you're right. Without even looking at the numbers, everybody thinks Packers, low temperature, kicking your ass at home. But they, well, Tampa said, well, we're from Tampa, Florida last year. How you like these apples, right? And went in. So I, I do think, I think a lesser quarterback would because you read it all week, even though you, and you hear about it all week. Yeah, but why aren't you guys good? It's like the 49ers. And here's the danger part. 49ers better team on the road. So we're yeah. starting to see more and more trends of teams that go on the road, like the Arizona, and, and just keep winning. So right. I think that's built-in pressure put on yourself. The truth is, hell, then find a way to get into your mode and treat it like a road game. But when you're – the problem is, see, if you, if you struggle on the road or if you're winning on the road and you get booed, that's a compliment, right, Grant? When you're getting booed by your home crowd because you're down 14 and nothing are playing well, then you realize, ooh, these are our home guys. And I know it sounds elementary, but some people are sensitive to that. I don't think Rodgers is. I, I, I don't think it's coincidence. They just haven't played as well. Maybe they take for granted and that they're at home, but they also buy into the, we're the Packers, we're at home, we're supposed to win. But you better just treat it exactly like that this is a team we haven't proven squad at home. Matter of fact, we got to be more hyper-focused at home than we are on the road, which most teams don't usually think that. So um, you'll get a pretty good idea. But the truth of the matter is when you lose a game, it's usually because the other team kicked your ass. It's not usually because of some newspaper article, but coincidence or what, it's pretty real with the Packers right now. But Rodgers, I don't think, is going to take a snap this week thinking, oh, they're better than us on the road, and we're better on the road than we are at home. You just mentioned Arizona. The performance by Kyler Murray on Monday night was maybe the worst performance I've seen by a quarterback in the playoffs in a long, long time. And I, I did this rant. You know, when they had DeAndre Hopkins, they were 8-2. and two, And then he got hurt in the next game against the Rams, and, and, and he didn't come back. I find it hard to believe that one guy 
can have that big of an impact on a quarterback and an offense. But the reality is that when Hopkins was there, we were talking about Murray after week 10, right up there with Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady as an MVP candidate. That's who we were talking about. Absolutely. Then he, then he went to the shitter and the Cardinals were horrible. But I got to tell you something, Sean. I've been watching football since 1962. I watched fucking Y.A. Tittle play in person. Okay, I've seen a lot of quarterbacks. That is as bad of a performance that I've seen maybe ever by a quarterback in a playoff game. And this is a guy only six weeks ago we were talking about as an MVP candidate. I don't get it, Sean. I don't get it. It was, it was, a, it was, it was embarrassing. And one guy shouldn't have that much impact because if, if you're doing the right thing, for instance, hey, we know what Brady's going through with injuries. If it, Listen, if Devontae Adams went down, well, it'd be impactful. Do you honestly think that Rodgers wouldn't find a way to at least keep him in the game? Of course he would, right? Right. So it just goes to show you how far Kyler has to go. And when I watched Cliff Kingsbury's reaction watching his team, he looked like he was like had no clue. He was out-schemed by a mile, out-executed by a mile. I watched Arizona, and I saw it, and, and like I said, I like Cliff. You know how I feel about Kyler. But I watched that game, from, and I thought, you know what? It looked to me like a team that didn't practice the whole week. Like they just said, oh, well, I'll see you at the game. Hey, we're having a bye week. Just show up for the playoff game. That's what it looked like. If it didn't, then Sean McVay is a lot better. Uh, uh, Sean, yeah, Sean McVay is a lot better game planner, and their team's far better. Because a lot of people thought, players going to go win it. From the opening kickoff, they got their ass kicked. They couldn't run it, couldn't throw it. There was no energy. Uh, Kyler Murray made decisions that a seventh grader wouldn't make. Run, it, it was horrible. I mean, yep. and it's, it's like a guy's three feet from him, he's throwing as hard as he can. It was as if they had their golf clubs in the truck. I, I didn't, I couldn't understand. It's, one, it's the worst game I've ever seen him play. And right. I, I'm with you. I, I thought it was. Put it this way: if that's the only time you ever saw the Arizona Cardinals, you'd laugh and say, "What is this horse's ass team doing in the playoffs?" Absolutely. And who's that quarterback right there? Absolutely. That, I, I'm telling you, it was so bad that there was a time that I would that, that that if you're Cliff Kingsman, you didn't think about getting to a backup, then yep. you weren't you weren't into the game because as much as you love, you know how I feel. I'm not in the feel good business, dude. If you're pissing down your leg, we yep. may need a spark. Roger yep. Clemens says a bad game every now and then on the mound, and we got a relief pitcher. And once in a while, it happens. And guess what? Kyler Murray, Colt McCoy may have settled in quicker. I don't yep. know. And that doesn't mean you lose your job. Just some, Every now and again, you just yep. ain't got it, dude. It doesn't matter. Hey, we've all been there. There's times when you're like, that guy's right there, and you, you can't throw it. It's like you get the yips, right? And then the yep. mental side of it, they couldn't pick up a blitz, and he could I mean, it was awful. You can't even describe it other than it was horseshit. And well, the Rams, so I'm sitting here wondering who are the Rams, right? That's right. Are they that good or is this, is this fool's gold? Not that they're not good, but are they that good? That's what well, I We're going to find out. We're going to find out this weekend because now they're going to go up. You know, Tampa's not going to play like Arizona. I can guarantee you that. You know, Tampa's not going Tampa, Tampa's not going to beat themselves. And so Stafford, I thought, was huge for his confidence. It was huge just to move on. Now he can say, oh, yeah, I want a playoff game. But, you know, have to deal with all the questions from the media and all that shit offensively look good, defensively. I mean, this should be one hell of a game. And I know you might disagree with me by picking the winner of San Francisco and Green Bay as going to the Super Bowl, but I do believe that. But these two teams are pretty even. They played earlier in the year, but I don't take a lot out of that game, Sean, because it was all the way back in September. So throw that shit out the window. This is going to be a dandy. This is going to be a dandy of a game in Tampa. The Rams got a roster. 
there's Matt Stafford getting into all the talk yep. about his deep right now. Going he can, he can end it all. He, he can, yep. he, last week was fine, but they ran it. The defense, but he, he, he yeah, only yeah, threw yeah. it 17 times. I can assure you he's going to throw it twice as many times in this game. Now, yeah. I do. I, it's a really good thing with Cam, what a comeback by Cam Akers, right? Oh, it's unbelievable. He's back in less than a, in, in, in like six months. Yeah, that's, a, that's a year injury. That's worse than a knee now. And to have him come back and be effective, Sony Michelle, that's going to be – that's a hidden gem that they are going to have to lean on at times because the front seven for the Tampa Bay can run their ass off. It's weird how all the secondaries, like you look around and say, ooh, Green Bay, can, you can score on San Francisco's corners. The, the Buccaneers, they've had some injuries and had to move around. And how important that – that's why that front seven on all these teams too. You better hit Burrow. We'll get to that game. You better hit Brady. The The – then I think, okay, with all things equal, if Brady has the ball last, I'm quite confident they're going to win the game if it's a one-score game. I'm confident in that. But I don't blame anybody for with the injuries and that. But I, I, I would guard against anybody saying, oh, the, pay, the, the Tampa Bay's got no shot. Don't do anything to piss Brady off. If you're Sean McVay, you're making sure nobody or any fans are just, just dude, let this rest. Right. Don't make number 12 put another chip on his shoulder. I can't pick against him, Grant. I just can't in the postseason. I, I, I can't I because the truth is until Stafford proves to me he's got that, and it's not just him, but we saw, Grant, look around. Look around. If Prescott didn't play well, he gets beat. Kyler Murray didn't play well, he gets beat. Uh, Carr played fine but not his great game, they get right. beat. Take a look around. I mean, all these performances that went on, that the teams were their court. Brady played out of his mind. Jalen Hurts played horrible. I mean, yeah. so the truth is, while all that other stuff matters, if you've got a stud under center, you've got a chance. And the ones that – Josh Allen, how do he do? Outplayed Mac Jones, five touchdown pass. Boom. Mahal, I mean, it, it exists, right? That guy matters, and we got some good ones. So I give the Rams a legit chance, but uh, I, I my thing is kind of like Jimmy, will Matt force a throw or two into coverage – that costs them a series, you know, that they, 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 the Buccaneers steal a possession or get a defensive touchdown, and you're like, oh no, because you can't do that against those guys, right? You can do it against you. You can do it against Jalen Hurts throwing the ball because you can come back from that. You can't do it against Brady. So I'm curious about that. The front seven is going to be huge for both teams in this game, and you better control Aaron Donald on that side. But Von Miller's playing really good football too. Their offensive line is going to be tested. I'm curious of all the things. I'm curious how both the, the coordinators in San Francisco with D'Amico Ryans and with the Rams, how they're going to approach that opposing quarter. I know what Tampa's going to do. I, I already know what well, they're going to do. And they're, they're out without their left tackle. You can say all you want about where it's trying to play. You're not playing with a high ankle sprain. I mean, you're fucking delusional if you think that guy. There's not enough drugs to go around to fix that. I wouldn't no. think. Right. You don't. Right. Not a high ankle sprain. You know that. So that's a big issue to me. I, that is a really big injury uh, for Tampa. You mentioned Buffalo a moment ago. Their nemesis the last few years has been Kansas City. Here we go again. I mean, I don't know if the Bills can play better than they did against New England. They can't. But they're going to have to play an A game to go in there and beat Kansas City. I'm, I don't think Kansas City, Sean – is the Kansas City that we're accustomed to seeing. I don't like the way they ended the year. I, I just don't. But they're still they're still Kansas City, and they still have a guy that wears number 15 that's pretty damn good at quarterback. Yeah, he'll be and, in a pinch. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Right. 
So uh, this here's Buffalo. They've been waiting for this. This is the team. This is the team. And let's face it, Allen has not played well against Kansas City, particularly in the second half of games. You know, we talk. You talk about a big game for Stafford. This is the biggest game that Allen's going to have in his still relatively young NFL career. Make no mistake about it. Well, mark this down. Brian Dable, the offensive coordinator, is going to solidify a head coaching job after this performance because they're winning. And Josh Allen is going to beat Mahomes at his own game this week. Why do you say that? Because he's going to use his legs and his feet, and he's seen it enough that I and both defenses have played, I mean, are capable. They're more than capable. Neither team is heavy run. We know that. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Stress. We all have it to a degree, big, small, but I think you can agree we all carry around different stressors. Most of you know what I've gone through the last four years, complete career change, moving across the country, filing a lawsuit, being in the news often, dealing with all of that, trust me, has not been easy. And if you keep things bottled up, it can really have a negative impact on your life. Therapy is a safe space. You get things off your chest. You can figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills. You can set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. And you know what, folks? It's not just for those who have experienced major trauma. Hey, if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's online. It's easy, convenient, flexible, and it's suited to your schedule. All you have to do is fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. Switch therapist anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash grant today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash grant. And Pat's fixed throwing the ball to the other team early in the season. He was forcing balls, right? Yep. I can't wait to see how Leslie Frazier and Spagnuolo deal with this. I, I can't. Oh, I, matter of fact, I'm probably as intrigued with the defensive coordinators in games this week as I am any offensive coordinator, because you got it's a bitch. The worst quarterback, I mean, think about the the top five or six guys. The the sixth guy is Stafford, and then Burrow, and then Allen, and then Brady, and then Mahomes, and then Rogers. Good luck. So you better have a scheme, but you also better have dogs. You need some dogs this week, and they're going to have to bark and bite the whole time. I, 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 not, and part of it maybe is the motion of me. I don't like to waffle on picks. I picked Buffalo to get to the Super Bowl in August. I did too. And there was a long time this year, Grant, where I was like, oh, that ain't happening. No shit. But it's a night. I don't, I don't believe in game-to-game momentum. I do believe in game-to-game confidence. I think what we're seeing with them now, I think they actually believe. I think they've treaded lightly about Kansas City in the past. Like, I, I don't know. People are talking about us, but I don't know if they actually believed in their soul where we don't, people don't talk about that they could beat them. I actually think Josh Allen thinks he can go in there and outplay Mahomes in this game. We saw Herbert do it, and he did it earlier this year. We see Burrow do it, and they won. You're going to have to do that, and Mahomes is phenomenal. But I like the ability – Mahomes off schedule, but Josh Allen's legs are going to make a difference in this game. Outside, I'm talking about running legs. I, I, I'm telling you, I think he's going to have one of those – eye-opening, dual-threat monster games. I think he's going to be a monster on, uh, on this weekend. The winner of this game going to the Super Bowl, I think yes, and I'm not discrediting Tennessee. I really want to see what input, impact Derrick Henry has against Cincinnati. But assuming, 
that Tennessee wins, and I'm, I'm only doing that for sake of conversation. I'm not so sure that they will. But if they do, then the winner of Kansas City Buffalo's got to go to Nashville and play the Titans again. The unknown right now is Henry. How effective will he be? How many carries will he get? Uh, but I would pick right now, knowing what I know, I would pick Buffalo and I would put Kansas City in a AFC championship game against Tennessee. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Matter of fact, the AFC, best team in the AFC, in truth, is playing this weekend. One of those two teams. That's Buffalo what I said. Kansas. The winner of that yeah. game is going to the Super Bowl. Yeah, yeah. And if they played them this week and you split it up, both of those teams are going to beat the opposing team, in my mind. Okay. Grant, I'm, I'm, uh, you know that big bell cow back is a full-grown man, right? Yep. Uh, Tannehill has leaned on him. Now, I'll tell you, the quarterbacks left, Tannehill or Garoppolo, seven or eight, I, and I have a lot of respect for Tannehill. If, if, if they shut the run down, I don't know how you do it, but I can promise you in, in three of the games, or a minimum of two of them, uh, that the, the, the most in San Francisco and in, in, in the Cincinnati-Tennessee game, the defensive coordinators in those games are going to dare the quarterback to win the game. They're not – if you're going to get beat letting Derrick Henry rush for 220, then you're then, – then, then they're just better than you, right? If you waltz in that game in Cincinnati's front seven, if you don't bring an eighth guy down and say – you, dude, you better. It, it, this is one of those games. It's a hard hat. You, it's a Susuda armor because that big fucker's coming downhill and he's fresh legged. So look out. But he can't take the game over. My thing is for Tennessee's side, is Todd Downing going to, you know, I don't mind him leaning on him. Is this going to be a 38 carry game that you just are afraid to throw it because you want him to win it? Or are you going to instill all that play action? That's the thing you got to deal with. It's so hard when Tannehill's right. That play action, I mean, you get big plays out of it. And I'm curious about the other perimeter guys. Will, will Julio be at top shelf? A.J. Brown, there's there's some players there. But I'm going to tell you, the Cincinnati Bengals are really good, man. Yeah. I, I don't know if you can stop Derrick Henry, but I don't see how Tennessee, and while they're good, how are they going to stop all those weapons if Burrow's playing like he's playing? i got both road teams winning in the AFC, Grant. I do. Yep. And I am a – listen, I think Tennessee people always gloss over them all, all the time. Ah, Tennessee, you kind of go through it and say they're well coached. Now, if Derrick, Derrick Henry is back, even though they run it better, I wouldn't think they'd respect play. They run it well when Derrick Henry's out, but this it's just – even if he doesn't carry it, the, the, the threat of him in there makes play action better. I, I like both road teams in the AFC. I think Cincinnati can be too explosive, and they can make Tannehill chasing. You can get them out of their mode, and they may have to throw – and I think that the Buffalo Bills can score – they can score 30 against Kansas City. How often did you get to the line of scrimmage and right before the snap know that the play you had called was a home run that clearly, based on the matchup, you're like, this is pitch and catch? How often does that happen in the course of a game? Not as often as you'd like it, but probably more often than you think. Because you come up and you hear Brady say, Brady knows the majority of the time where he's throwing the ball pre-snap because he studied it for 22 years. Yeah. You get a hints and ideas. And instead of just looking at what a defensive coordinator leans on on film and what the, what the tendencies tell you, Brady also knows he, he'll watch how the guy's hips are set when he's going to rush the passer or drop into coverage, right? And then he knows how to deliver the ball. He's still got to make the play. But, Grant, there are times you'll come into a game. I can remember – we were getting ready to play. We were playing Green Bay uh, in Minnesota, and we had game planned all week long for the, 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 this, this, you know, the things you put in out, outside of your staple stuff. And then we had a couple blitz pickups that 
Chuck Cecil, who you know, Chuck was a tough son yeah, of a sure. bitch. Man. Fucking and great. Chuck, when he had a certain alignment, we were getting man coverage. He was coming, and we knew how we were going to check to it, get it picked up, and hit him deep. And I'll be damned. Walks up. In my mind, I'm standing at the line of scrimmage. We beat him, I think, 27 to 7 and, and had a big game that day. It was a TV game. And I can remember coming to the line of scrimmage that game a bunch of times thinking, Green Bay's not doing anything different than we saw. They're lining up here. They're giving me the outside lane. And they blitzed, blocked Chuck up. I got rid of the ball. got hit just right when I right when I threw it. Jake Reed had press man coverage. Big 6'4 receiver ran by him. Got down inside the five-yard line. We scored the next play. And every single thing we do. Now there's times when you come up and say, oh, I love this matchup. And you miss the deep ball by two yards. But it happens more, you know, you study. Because at this point in time, Grant, the worst thing a defense or offense can do is try to shit can what they've done and do a bunch of wholesale changes, right? Because then your own players are thinking too much when they play. The smart football teams do the same thing, add a few different formational disguises on defense and a few formations on offense, but it really is the same play. Now, every now and then you'll run the pitch back to the quarterback because you say, hey, man, this guy jumps it inside the 30. Let's do the quarterback pitch back or reverse pass. We call them dickums. You know, we're going to dick them with this one. And a few change-up formations. But most teams, if you want to do it right – you do what you do, man, and then you execute it. Because if you get to thinking on defense, oh, my gosh, what was I supposed to do on this blitz, and you're two yards out of position, Brady's going to kill you. Burrow's going to destroy you. If you are lined up in assignment and alignment, and then you go, half the winning part for me is knowing what you're doing, and it feels comfortable, so you execute it. Then you go full speed. The worst thing, and I've had these games too, breaking the huddle, and it's like, shit, it's the Chicago Bears, and they're playing the 46 defense. It's the Philadelphia Eagles and Reggie White and Seth joined that whole group blitzing right. you from the parking lot. You're like, okay, is this guy coming? Your head's on. And the whole game's duress. It's yep. constant anxiety. And then you've got to handle it, right? You try to settle in, but you've got to change up things. But the best teams will do what they do with a few change-ups and then execute it. But it, granted, it probably doesn't happen as much as quarterbacks would like it for the mere mortals, not the rod. It looks like those guys know it all the time. And then they execute it. But it probably happens a little bit more than you think. There's a lot of times you break the huddle and you think, shit, that was so good against our scout team and defense this week. We're running the dig, and they're going to play cover four inside the 20, and we got the dig, and that safety's going to jump it, and the outside corner's got outside leverage. We're going to hit the post for a touchdown. And when it happens, you're like, fuck yes. You know, it happened. Happened in a Washington Redskins playoff game for us. We came out, first play, we ran Ren Pass 60 counter X post. And Brad Edwards, was it Brad Edwards, the safety, we said all week long, he's going to sit because the Washington football, that was their play. They run, run, run past with the big old hogs, right? So we yep. used to do it because we took one of their coordinators and, and he, we hired him for us. We ran run past 60 counter X post and Chris Carter was the X. Dude, and that, that, that I said, the safety's going to, the safety sits down and jumps the in cut after the play action and we're going to post over the top. And I'll be damned I come out of that play action fake down to the one yard line, score the next play. And so you're thinking, please let it be one. And then they changed up and, and, and they played better than us the rest of the game. But there are those times you say, oh, my gosh, just make the throw. You yeah. know, don't, don't get cute with it because you know it's – or when they overload this way and you got two guys blocking and Randall McDaniel and Gary Zimmerman with Robert Smith, you say, man, two on two with this cat on a linebacker, they're done. He's going to walk into the end zone. So, um, But those passes that Brady and Rodgers feel probably more than the, the mortals, the mere mortals – but when you're going good, sometimes it doesn't matter what coverage the guy's playing or what the defense is, yep. you get to execute. And we've seen these quarterbacks can pull that off. 
All right, I want to talk about the Raiders. There are times when I think a coach earns the right to stay on and coach your team. And the earning part is based on the job that they do when they replace a coach like happened right. with the Raiders. Right. And But Mark Davis, to me, is a terrible owner, makes irrational decisions, and I don't think you're really – I think you're behind the eight ball with Mark Davis making these type of decisions. Mike Mayock is out. You made a great point last week when I asked you if you were an owner, if you were a general manager, who would you, what type of coach would you want? You went into the dynamics of the general manager and a coach basically have to be the same person. They have to be completely in sync with each other. Now Mike Mayock is out. So that tells me the Raiders are clearly going to hire a new head coach. But in this particular instance, I don't agree with it based on what I saw from the Raiders after John Gruden left. Hey, listen, if there was a better job, considering all the adversity that they faced, if a guy came in and did a better interim job in a, in a lot of years in Rich Passaccia, I ain't seen it. I am, I am with you. And it's one thing when people say, well, they played hard for him. They're supposed to play hard. We've had that conversation. That's what you do as a, if you, if you quit, fuck you. I don't want you back anyway. Play hard for every coach. That's why you get paid. But play smarter, more disciplined. That type of stuff is what I think, oh, that coach's impact is being felt, right? And, and I'm going to throw this back at you, but I thought Basaccia did an unbelievable job. Here's what I'm going to throw back at you, though, Grant. I'm going to stick with my theory and the way I do business if I'm an owner or running, a, if I'm the president of football operations, maybe one day. I'm bringing you on, but maybe one day. Because I would... Simply, it doesn't matter if I didn't go to the Hall of Fame as a quarterback. I, I may be able to run a team, brother. But I would simply say, here, if I'm the owner, I'd say, Rich, hang on one second. We're going through about a week long finding our general manager. You are going to get interviewed. What I don't want is everybody say, Basachi did a great job. And you say, you get the job. Then you bring in a general manager that somewhere along the line said, no, 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 I have my guy in mind. Grant, I have a staff. I'm not even a coach. I'm a radio guy. I train quarterbacks. You realize for a de decade, I've already had my staff in mind who I'm hiring when I'm a head coach. Most of us do. If you have played, you're like, oh, here's who I'd go. I know the type of coordinator I want. I kind of have a vision of what he looks like. If, if old Jim Johnson was still around, he'd be, you know what I mean? Yeah. That yeah, defensive yeah, yeah. coordinator. Yeah. So we all do. So I would imagine if you're Mark Davis, when you saw this start to go south, you should have had a checklist. GMs, and because John and Mayock were tied at the hip. You know, attached at the hip, should I say, and should have known. So while this was going on and Rich was doing well, I, I need, I still need my general manager buying because what happens if even if Pasaccia, you hire him, what if yep. the GM is doesn't like it? And he still thinks, yeah, but I didn't have that's not my guy. And then the first side of adversity, you know what they do? They go, the I confess it's his fucking fault. Get him that's out. Right. Can't have and even if Rich is a great guy and a great coach. So for me, I, if I was Mark Davis or the president of football office, I would, uh, operation, I would said, listen, let's. Get three or four candidates that we love. I don't need 20 of them. Yep. Guys I love, not like, love. And Rich is on that list. And I'm going to ask the new GM to interview him as deep and in-depth for three straight days if he wants to. And have Rich sell himself. And then look at the tape and do all that because you should be studying your team's personnel before you sit in an interview if you're the general manager to know what you've got, right? And then I'd interview the other guys. And if the general manager says, you know what, I love two guys. And Mark Davis then says, or the president of football operation says, well, you know what? If you love two guys equally as well, my, my, I, I'm, gonna, I'm going to suggest that we 
keep Coach Passaccia because I know how the players deal with him. I don't know how to deal with the new guys. So I still grant, I still want, I think Rich Passaccia has earned it. If the general manager was, Mike Mayock was still there, absolutely say, Mike, you're here. You know what he's about. We don't need to interview anybody. Let's just give him that. That's different. Now that you're bringing a new guy in, if you're going to bring him in, because you create dis- dissension right off the bat, even if Rich is the greatest guy in the world, you know what happens when things go south. If you weren't together, it's it's that guy's fault, uh, yep. Mark. So that's how you do it. So I, I would wait. But Versace has earned the right to have an interview. Yes. He already has a legitimate not, one. I have not had the chance to ask you, because we haven't done a show since the firing in Houston at David Culley. What was your take on that whole thing? I thought it had to happen. I've been saying it all year long. I mean, David Culley is, you want him on your staff. The hence why he's been on a staff 30 plus years. He's positive. He's the guy. And I, I kid about this, but I mean, serious, and I mean this affectionately that when you're when, like, when he's on your staff, you say, okay, seven on seven down at the other 20 and he's the receiver coach and he beats his team in the sprint down to the 20. That's right. David Culley. Now I've known of David. I mean, I've known of David for years, but it never entered my mind about a head coach. Why he'd never been interviewed. Andy Reid loves him. R.C. Slocum loves him. John Harbaugh loves him. But if they all loved him, why hasn't he ever been a coordinator in thirty plus years? That's an old, that that to me is a tad bit of a red flag. Or maybe he didn't want to be, and he's like, no, I prefer being a. I think he was the offensive coordinator one time at UTEP years and years ago when he broke in, or at some point in time. Sure. But this is the NFL. So that's one. Secondly, why didn't after 30 plus years of all these high regarded coaches loving him, why didn't he get an interview? That's two. Now, some people are going to say, well, it was race. Well, I think that when, when if, if you got David Culley and you want to hire Brian Flores, I don't think race had anything to do with the Texan situation. Right. But for whatever reason, David Culley didn't get chance. I love David Culley. I think he's a, a hell of a good guy, respected in the building. He maximized what he could do in the building not what somebody else may do. And nobody was going to take this team to the playoffs. They may have won a game or two more. But it was how we got all this national, well, David Culley earned the right. No, David Culley didn't earn the right. David Culley didn't call plays. He had to be on a headset to have somebody teach him about fourth and one and when to call a timeout. He handled the media. If you want a guy who's not abrasive with the media, he's too transparent. He'd tell you, like, well, we didn't prepare well, and I thought our coaching staff, I didn't prepare my team well this week, like three weeks in a row. At some point, if I'm the owner, I'm like, well, dude, dude, quit saying that. You know, you don't have to blame your players, but let's preparation is something you can control, right? And it just, he was, uh, it comes to this, Grant. I thought David Culley is a head coach. I'd hire him on my staff as a receiver coach. He's a great influence and knows X's and O's. David Culley was in over his head as a head coach, period. And all the, oh gosh, that's the narrative because it looks good from afar. But when you're in it and watching it every day, even when about four weeks ago, five weeks ago, they said, no, we're not going to, David Culley's earned the right. And he gets 22 million for one year. He's earned the right to, uh, he's, he's going to come back for year two. I said on my show, I said, you know, I ain't buying it yet because I see the, what's going on here. David Culley is, they won four games, I think, in spite of him, not because of him. But he also, listen, brought in Lovey and did some really good things. But you're not winning a Super Bowl with David Culley as your head coach, and he will never get interviewed for a head coaching job again legitimately. And it's not a knock on him. And I know when you say that, people think you don't like him. No, I think he's a good coach. David Culley can't run my team as a head coach. There's too much indecision, and yep. he kind of looked around. Sometimes when I'm watching him, I feel like he, he does know he's the head coach, right? And so I had, I, I'm as compassionate as it gets. The Houston Texans absolutely had to move on from this. 
Why wait? He was going to, listen, this wasn't going four years. I can promise you that. So if you already know, then make a change now. Give him his money. People he, people love him in the league. Nobody said, nobody has anything bad to say about him. Other than on game day, David Culley was a tad bit clueless. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. You've played for a lot of tremendous coaches, both in college with John Robinson. You talked about Denny Green and some others. Talent, obviously, is key. We know that. But if we just take talent and put it over here for a minute, what to you are the most important qualities that you would look for in a head coach of a National Football League team? Grant, you know, there's a list of things you go on, you know, uh, experience and how they interview, all the stuff that's obvious, right? For me, there's there's a lot of things that you need as a head coach. I think there's three things if you don't have, you can't. I can't hire you. So with all the 10 things you may need, there's three that are, if I'm going out a checklist and I'm a general manager, I'm interviewing my coach, and he's got one of the three, I'm not hiring him. And if that one of the three is he's got, he won a Super Bowl ring, but he's one of the three I'm going to tell you, I'm not hiring him. I'm just not. Or if he's got seven of the ten and the three that he's missing, oh, man, he checks the list. Not that you're going down. I want to, you know, talking to him. I understand. And the, the three he's missing are the three that I believe I, that I want. I won't hire him. I don't care what kind of guy he is. Nice right. guy. He's awesome. Players love him. All that. He won a Super Bowl as an assistant coach. Great. Does he have these three things with the other things we need? What, number three. I'll start from there. Number three is. He must have maximized the building, meaning like what a great quarterback does, that you look at it and you know the guy's a six, but he plays like a seven and a half. I'm talking about the trainer. I'm talking about the executive assistant. I'm talking about the equipment manager, that everybody elevates because his ass is in the building. And it, you've got no choice that he elevates when he's putting a game plan in. He walks into the room and it's different. When Burrow walks into a room in Cincinnati as a player, I can sure as shit tell you, the culture changed with one dude. He walked into Cincinnati and said, we ain't fucking around anymore, dude. And everybody <laughs> jumped on. That's what I need a coach to do. I need him to maximize. When I say maximize the building, I'm talking about on Sunday, on Wednesday, that we didn't, well, we didn't prep. Who, who tells me? I can't stand it. With, you know, have you ever noticed when you're going into a game, they always have a great week of practice. And then when they lose, you know what the coach says? Well, I think we got to practice better. Dude, on Wednesday, if we're not practicing well, you, everybody's going to know. Because I'm not going to single anybody. I'm not going to throw anybody under the bus, but we practice like horse shit. And if we don't get better, we're getting our ass kicked. Kind of like what Parcells would do, right? Sure. He didn't care. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And for right. me, I want the building respectfully maximized. And that's also the way you treat somebody walking down the hall. There's just a different feel, right? All of that matters because then you don't have turnover. And then the people there want to come to work and love what they do instead of have to come to work. I know it sounds cheesy, but you better maximize the building. Number two is you better hire a great staff. All the head coaches get all the credit. But if I'm a great head coach with horseshit assistants, I'm getting fired. Yeah, no chance. Right. Yeah, none. None. Right. 
if I'm an average head coach, average head coach that's still learning, and I got great assistant coaches and great teachers, I will win with a chance to win a Super Bowl. Now, if I happen to be a great head coach that does it all and checks the boxes, and we got good players, I'm going to win more than one of them. And, and, and you've got to be a little lucky along the way. So I got to have. I mean, I'm talking about the staff. To me, is every. I'm, I'm talking about every bit as important to setting the standard in the building because they're around the players more than you are. Coach sitting in his office waiting for him to bring tape in and how'd it go? What'd we see? What'd you see on film? He's got to watch it all. I see you. I got to have great assistance. And finally, and it's my number one, if you're not a dynamic leader, dyna- I'm talking about dynamic leader, not fake, real, whatever that, however people out there, I know what I consider a dynamic leader, but if you are not, that's the number one thing. I don't need my head coach to be an X's and O's guy. He's already been that as an assistant. That's yep. why I got hired. Yep. He was a good play yep. caller. That's why I hired him. I need him to be able to not worry about the threat of hiring. Jimmy Johnson in Dallas was great. He hired all great offense. He hired every coach and expect them to be a head coach. He was never threatened by hiring good coaches around him. A dynamic leader doesn't tell you, they show you. And once they show you and teach you, they let you do your thing. Dynamic leader that you, every single thing you do, that it's constant, not fake, a dynamic leader. You give me that guy who could, who could sell sand to somebody sitting on a Hawaiian beach and do it but legitimately and say, hell, I'm, I'm in. And, and run. Through, what, what do I need to do? Wins every day, dynamically. And there's, there's far less of those guys than you think, Grant, that, mean, that the public may think. Those guys are hard to come by. If you check those three boxes in three of the others of the 10 that I have or 12, you check those three, uh, I, I got a good chance at winning with you, even if there's some flaws somewhere else. All right, so I'm going to wrap up this show. I'm going to ask you of a name right now that appears he's coming back, but there is debate, and it's Dallas with Mike McCarthy. If you are Jerry Jones, Stephen Jones, is Mike McCarthy the head coach that is right to take this team to the next level? You want me to be them or me? I'll be them first, real quick. I would ask one question. One, when Jerry and them are sitting around, whoever your football minds are, right? I would simply ask the question, the first one is, do we love him or do we like him? If you say you like him, you replace him. Replace him. Now, I don't mean like him as a person. I'm talking about, do you like him going forward? If you look at each other and you say, I friggin' love the guy. He ain't the reason. I love him. He's made a few mistakes, but I love him. We will win with him. You keep him. And then you, the, the ultimatum is if they do it again next year and are one and done, you're right, you're, you know, get, a play, you, you yep. get rid of it. Then the next question I'd ask, because of this staff and all the buzz, think about the narrative of Dan Quinn. Yep. 18 months ago, people were saying Dan Quinn sucked, right? Dan Quinn's never sucked. Yep. But he did do a Super Bowl, a hell of a defensive coordinator in Seattle. And now the narrative is that he's about as dy- – I mean, everybody seems to want to interview Dan Quinn after what he yeah, did with his defense. player. Yeah. And rightfully so. And Dan may – People called him a hack. He was in a Super Bowl. I mean, he had a 28-3 to lead in a Super Bowl. Oh, shit. I mean, not a bad – I mean, he was close, but didn't close out. So he can learn, too, like Belichick, like anybody did their first time around. But if you love Kellen Moore or Dan Quinn more and you're afraid of losing them to the interview process, you got to weigh that. That's second. Okay. You love Mike McCarthy. We love him. Jerry says, I love him. All right. Do you love him more than Dan Quinn or Kellen Moore? No. Then you got to let him go. It's, it's, okay. You can't take I love the, the way you answered that. Yeah, and, and I don't need I to go the through the law. It's, it's real simple. It's like a quarterback in the draft, Grant. If you and I are president and general manager real quick, yep. and, I, and, I, and we're sitting there and we're trying to decide who to draft or head coach and general manager, and I 
I look at you and I say, do you love that quarterback? We got the second, we got the first pick of the draft. You love him? I like him. Um, I, what, what do you think about the uh, left tackle? Fucking love him. Yep. Don't take the quarterback. <laughs> yep. I'll, 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 I'll love the quarterback another time. I'll, you know yep. what I'm saying? So I, we, we make it so, oh my gosh. You know, do you love him? Fuck yes, I love him. Drafted. Well, the, the Mel Kuyper's list said he's the sixth best player. I love Mel, but I ain't drafting because of Mel or Todd McShay or me or what you think. I don't care what the fans think. I did my due diligence. I love him. What about you? I love him. Guess who we're taking with the first pick? The guy we love. Simple. So I, I don't know why it's any different. You go through, you've been evaluating all year long. Has Jerry? Yeah. You love him? I love Mike McCarthy. Okay. Do you love him more? Do you love him enough to risk losing Dan and Kellen if they get jobs? No. Then you fire him. It's pretty, it's pretty simple. Yeah. You, okay. Does Kansas City love Andy Reid? Yes. Does the, do the Rams love Sean McVay? Yes. Do, 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 do the Packers love Matt LaFleur? Yes. And guess what's never happened to any of the three of them in the next couple of years? They right. get fired. Now, right. if you kind of like a guy, but somebody else you love more, the hotter girl walks into the dance, you're, you're, you're taking her. They didn't like fucking Matt LaFleur when he made the decision to kick a field goal and put down last year in the title game. But now they, you know what I mean? So things change, too. Trickle, that's right. But, so, you also know, making- but you know this. If they fucking lose to San Francisco on Saturday, they're not going to be loving Matt LaFleur anymore in Green Bay. You know that and I know that. Two things are going to happen that you're going to hear if they get beat this weekend. Matt LaFleur can't coach the big game. And even though he's a regular season All-American, like a practice field All-American, that's what they're going to say. And Aaron Rodgers is done in Green Bay. That's what yep, – and, right. and, oh, by the way, how can Aaron be the GOAT? He's lost again and only got one Super Bowl. That's what you'll hear from people yep. that are fairly clueless or opinionated yep. or hot take artists. But, oh, yeah, go ahead and lose that game. And don't let Mason yep. Crosby miss a field goal or he'll hear a lot about that too. So. You're the best. <laughs> you have a, uh, I'm just in the lover-like business, Grant. If you love somebody love more, yeah, that's that. It's pretty simple. We don't have to make a mountain out of a molehill. Well, I love you more than I like you, so I'm going to do the show with you Tuesday next week. How's that sound? And if you love another host more, you should get his ass. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I understand. You take it easy. I understand. I love you, brother. <laughs> All right, let's now get to our Crowd Ultra Q&A. All you need to do is go to CrowdUltra.com, and maybe I'll answer your question right here on my podcast. Kyle asked, do you think the 49ers made a mistake drafting Trey Lance? To me, they should have taken Jamar Chase, who will be the 2021 Rookie of the Year. I think the 49ers are Super Bowl contenders. If they don't take Trey Lance, what do you think? Way, way too early to say that. I mean, you won't know on Trey Lance for a few years. So I can't call it a mistake now whatsoever. I mean, Trey Lance could still end up being the best quarterback in this draft. We won't know until he gets on the field and has a season or two under his belt. But no, that is way premature. I can't say that. Luke asked, do you think bunting is a lost start in the MLB? It sure as hell is. Rob asked, have you seen NBA executives? They think the 76ers are trying to trade Simmons for Harden. I, I don't see that at all. You know, I really don't. I don't see that at all. All right, let's get to some other questions. Reed asked, Grant, why do NBA coaches need permission to bench someone for management? Most coaches don't, Reed. Although, you know, coaches and front offices do work in sync, and they normally talk about these things. But most coaches, they don't need permission from management uh, to bench somebody. Dave wants to know, does 
Derrick Henry play against the Bengals? Yes, I think he will. Brendan wants to know, is Michael Irvin right saying the Bears are still a top-tier free agency location? I think they are, yes. You know, I don't know how you describe or how you talk about top-tier. Like, I, I, how do you define that? What does is, what is top-tier free agency mean? Money. That's what a top-tier free agency is. Tim asks, who is the worst Kings draft pick? I think it's Quincy Doobie. I disagree with you. I think it's Thomas Robinson. Based on where he was taken at number five, I think he is the worst pick. And there have been many. There have been many. Vince asks, do you agree with Charles Barkley saying Simmons will never play for Philadelphia again? Yes, I do. Uh, Do you think Dak will get fined for his referee comments? As of now, Cameron, I haven't seen that. But yes, he should. Absolutely. Christian, should the Dolphins stick with Tua? Yes, based on this year and what we saw, absolutely. Alex, do you see any of the Manning broadcast? I watched a little of it on Monday night. I watched quite a bit of it during the year, and I enjoyed it. I absolutely enjoyed it. Mitch wants to know, should Frank Vogel's job be in jeopardy? No. It should not be in jeopardy, in my opinion. Hey, thanks very much for the questions via Crowd Ultra. And all you need to do is go to CrowdUltra.com, and maybe I'll answer your question right here. It's time for Rant. 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 And today's rant is brought to you by the Home Theater Company. For your audio, video, and home theater needs, go online, hometheatercompany.com. So NBC has announced that they're not sending any announcers to Beijing For the Olympics, they'll be working remotely from their studios in Connecticut. ESPN has said they're not sending any reporters to Beijing due to COVID and everything else that is going on around the world as it relates to COVID-19. My question is, why are we having the Winter Olympics? I know the easy answer is, well, gee, Grant, all the money. I get that. But why are we having the Olympics in Beijing? The political issues that involve China, the COVID issues, and everything else, why is it that the Winter Games are going on in 2022? I mean, if the networks don't feel comfortable and safe sending their employees, then why are we having a sporting event in Beijing? I don't quite understand that. I really don't. And I'm not an alarmist. You know, I'm not one that runs around scared because of COVID. But if the network who is spending billions of dollars to televise the games can't send their freaking announcers, then why are we having the games in the first place? It makes absolutely no sense to me. And that's my rant for today. And that is my podcast for today. Enjoy the games this weekend, everybody. And thank you so much for listening to If You Don't Like That with Grant Napier. Ryan here and I have a question for you what do you do when you win like are you a fist pumper a woohooer a hand clapper a high fiver I kind of like the high five but if you want to hone in on those winning moves check out Chumba Casino at ChumbaCasino.com choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes there are new game releases weekly plus free daily bonuses so don't wait start having the most fun ever at ChumbaCasino.com no purchase necessary VTW void or prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus it's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash life's gotten mundane 
So shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.